Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. I'm uh, joining me is Jonathan Kutab. He is a human rights lawyer. He is um, uh, founder of the Palestinian human rights group Al Haq and co-founder of Nonviolence International. And currently, he is executive director of Friends of Sabiel North America. And Friends of Sabiel North America is an interdenominational Christian organization seeking justice and peace in the Holy Land through education, advocacy, and non. Violent Action. And Jonathan Kutab is author of the 2023, his memoir, The Truth Shall Set You Free, the story of a Palestinian human rights lawyer working for peace and justice in Palestine, Israel, and in 2021, uh, beyond the two-state solution. And uh, uh, Kutab says that the um, argument that the state of Israel and what it does even in its most extreme right-wing manifestation, somehow has moral or biblical authority because this is the way God is manifesting himself in modern affairs. But he says this is an illogical argument, but it's very powerful because you're not going to argue with God. But the argument doesn't stand up to scrutiny, but it um, is not being scrutinized. Um, Good morning, Jonathan Kutab. It's just great to have you on for our Madison area listeners to hear from you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks to you for having me. Yes, it's great. Great to have you on. I guess I I, I wanted to um, start with, you know, any news or updates you have. Things are just deteriorating. They Things are, are, are um, just the impending devastation at Rafa. Well, uh, the situation is very bad as is. Even if the Israelis don't do anything, uh, they are blockading and preventing uh, help from coming in uh, to people who are extremely vulnerable. Uh, we have about 50,000 pregnant women uh, in, in, uh, in, in Gaza, and, and they have no access to water, uh, sanitary uh, uh, materials, uh, milk for their babies, uh, uh Clinics for for the mothers, uh, even even anesthesia if they have to have a C-section or something like that. Uh, it is really a horrible ongoing situation that that absolutely needs to be addressed. I believe. And you know, while we 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 know this this you know this feels a sense of doom, um, um, impending doom. You know, you have lived and know and witnessed the violence for a long time. Can you talk about the This is not new. Well, uh, no, it's not new. Uh, What is new is is that it is a a very uh, heavy-handed, constant uh, bombardment and siege uh, that that is taking place in front of everybody's eyes, and nobody's doing anything about it. Uh, the, The entire world, I think, is in an uproar. Uh, but the United States government, unfortunately, uh, keeps preventing any real action from taking place to ameliorate or reduce the level of uh, suffering that we see on a day-to-day basis. And s- s- many, I would say, not just some, are critical, saying that 
American evangelical Christian support for Israel is being and continues to be used as a political tool to shape these U.S. government policies. That is correct, and and, and that is a very unfortunate thing. Uh, I myself am a Christian, and and, and it it really hurts me to see uh, the Bible weaponized uh, against me and my people and justifying things that, you know, clearly uh, Christ would not accept if, if, if he were around. Uh, he, he, he preached peace, not violence. He preached love, and not vengeance. Uh, he preached uh, caring for the sick and the poor uh, and the weak and the marginalized. Uh, rather than, uh, you know, clobbering them constantly. Uh, so so this is, you know, Christians ought to be at the forefront of those calling at least, at a minimum, uh, for a ceasefire. Get, get the knee off of my neck, and then we can talk about uh, peace and reconciliation and who did what to whom first, etc. But right now... We have a very heavy knee on the neck of the Palestinian people with constant daily uh, suffering and casualties. Uh, we, we have a side that, that proclaims it wants to totally flatten Gaza and, and is constantly doing that. Uh, and somehow that needs to stop uh, before we can even address uh, the, the, the serious issues of peace and justice. You are very, very critical. You say Christian evangelicals are a very powerful tool for whatever Israel wants to do right now. They're useful if Israel wants to commit, you say, genocide or kick all Palestinians out of Gaza. They're useful if Israel wants to oppose or attack Iran. You you are calling this all out. Correct, correct, and 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 I particularly feel bad because I am a Christian and an evangelical, and I take my Bible very seriously. Uh, the people who take these positions really don't know their scriptures and really don't know the reality on the ground, uh, and and they're going against both the letter and the spirit of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the gospel of peace, a gospel of love a gospel of caring for the most vulnerable. Uh, it is not a gospel of death and destruction and annihilation. Why, why is this, though, becoming so um, narrow, you say tribal, militaristic? You know, what, is, what accounts for that in your, in your mind? I, I, I think two things. First is absolute ignorance. People really do not know the reality. They do not know their Bible, and they do not know their reality. But second, because there are some people who are cynically exploiting Christians. Like Ben-Gurion, who says, I don't believe in God, but I believe he gave us the plan. Uh, and, and, and other Zionists who really don't take uh, Christianity or the Gospel of Christ very seriously, but who find it very convenient to use certain portions of Scripture, usually taken out of context, advance their political agenda. And, and uh, I, I, this really hurts me because I know that most evangelicals are really decent people uh, who, who want what's good and who want to do God's will. Uh, and for them to be exploited so shamelessly uh, by people who don't share their beliefs 
that's really bothers me. Now, I'm just going to ask you one more kind of question about your beliefs and this idea that um, making Pal- Palestinians, quote, the enemies of God, since they are the enemies of Israel. You know, how do you react to that kind of um, characterization? Yeah, this is, this is again, an example of total uh, ignorance of the reality because some Palestinians are Christians, like myself. Uh, and, and because the state of Israel today is so different from the Israel of the Bible. And, and uh, Philistines are not the same as Palestinians. Uh, but, but that confusion based on ignorance is being weaponized, is being used uh, by people in a very cynical way uh, to support policies that are totally diametrically opposed uh, to Scripture and to the message of uh, Jesus uh, at all, uh, this, this, and, and and for me as a Palestinian Christian, I say, what is going on? You know, God loves me, and He loves my people, and He loves all people, uh, and God so loved the world, not just one group. Uh, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. John three sixteen, which evangelicals are always quoting. Uh, somehow, uh, when it comes to Palestinians, it's like God doesn't love them. It's like God doesn't even care about them. Not only that, God is uh, fine with uh, killing them and annihilating them and uh, totally demonizing them. Uh, and I find that so contrary uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Jonathan Kutab says that um, he has he has a role to speak to um, and, and, and Palestinian, Palestinian evangelical Christians have a role to speak to evangelicals in the U.S. Um, and to say they are being manipulated and are being used. Um, you talk about people then needing to know the truth. Tell us more about the truth of what's going on there. We need to, um, we, we see it on the news, but, but when you're not there, it's easier to, to think of it from a mile away or a, t- a thousand, two thousand miles. Yeah, well, well, well I, think, I think the state of Israel cynically has prevented uh, Western journalists from coming in into the area. And at the same time, they have been systematically uh, killing through snipers and through bombs uh, journalists. They've killed over 70 journalists, Palestinian journalists, inside Gaza uh, in the last uh, four months or so. Uh, so. So there is a deliberate media policy to prevent people from seeing what is happening. Uh, most people uh, see it through the social media and only very glimpses uh, of it uh, on the regular uh, media. Uh, also, the media presents the picture as if everything started on uh, October 7, and then they forget the, the occupation, they forget the siege, they forget the very right-wing Israeli government that, that has been increasingly becoming more fascist, uh, more racist, more discriminatory, uh, somehow all that is forgotten. The context is forgotten, and all you see is what happened on uh, October 7. And even that is manipulated. Uh, they don't talk about the actual fighting that took place against soldiers and then against uh, army bases. They concentrate on attacks on civilians, which I must say are wrong. You should not attack civilians. But Israelis have been attacking civilians since October 7th, systematically. 
including hospitals, including schools, including libraries, including universities, including bakeries, including uh, all civilian uh, infrastructure in Gaza uh, to the point where now, I mean, they're really flattening the whole uh, area. Uh, it is horrible what they are doing. You've, you've, uh, you've been speaking about the experience of Palestinians suffering from explosion and occupation on a vast scale, murder on a vast um, scale. Um, and you were at a, a, a gathering at the Holocaust Museum in Washington a bit ago. Um, and um, you, you are an international human rights lawyer. And this is, you know, uh, may, maybe not difficult at all to say that the that Israel is violating the genocide convention. Correct. Uh, you see, people when they think of genocide, they think of what happened to uh, the Jews during the Holocaust, which was actually the what what gave rise to the genocide convention. Uh, the genocide convention was for the prevention and punishment of the crime of genocide, and and it says you don't have to wait till genocide happens. You don't have to wait till six million people die. You look at the behavior, you look at the statements, you look at the intention to deliberately uh, kill people in, in, in whole or in part, or to make their lives unlivable, to make the situation where, where, where it's unlivable. That's what the Convention Against uh, Genocide says. And, and the Holocaust Museum uh, has a mission. We want to prevent genocide against anybody, not just against the Jews. I think the Jews are uh, the, the least vulnerable people right now. It's the Palestinians who are vulnerable. It's people in Rohingya. Uh, it's uh, small minorities uh, in Rwanda, different parts of the world that are really facing threats of genocide. And, and, and usually, usually it's difficult to prove intent. You see, genocide requires an intent to kill uh, people in whole or in part, an intent to make their lives uh, uh, unlivable. Uh, in our case, intent is the easiest thing to prove because Israeli uh, politicians have been open, making very genocidal language. We want to flatten it. We want to kill them all. They are subhuman. They are human animals. Uh, we have to stop their water up their food uh, you know when you say that you're giving a clear intention to make their lives unlivable and 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 to destroy the palestinian people in gaza in whole or in part already about 30,000 people have been killed about 12,000 of them children and another 5,000 or so women so so what are you talking about you know killing everybody this um, is uh, the, the, the painful uh, reality that we live with. This um, event that you spoke with um, at the U.S. Holocaust Museum back in January, you spoke Jonathan Kutab. Also, there was Marianne um, Ehrlich-Ross. Um, uh, Wart listeners might know her um, and have seen her speak. A longtime supporter of the museum and a Holocaust survivor. And that event was sponsored. I mean, the action was endorsed by Nonviolence International, Jewish, Jewish Voice for Peace, and Friends of Sibia North America. So, Jonathan Kutab, you are a human rights lawyer. Um, is it going to, will it take um, the civil society and the law to um, end this uh, 
violence or um no, are well, you, you 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 mentioned intent you could you could find find that um what's it going to take well ordinarily i would say it would take the international community it would take the united nations it would take the governments of the world unfortunately in our case uh, the united states government has been using the veto power it has uh, to prevent the world from uh, taking a position here. Uh, and, and, and when you do that, when the world does not act, civil society has to step in uh, and, and, and say, uh, this is wrong, what is happening, we need to uh, put a stop to it, we need to put an end to it. Uh, uh, and uh, when our government doesn't listen to us, we have to petition them, we have, we have to protest, we have even to harass them, uh, to, to, to stop this, this really unconscionable uh, actions that is being taken, by the way, in our name and with our money and with our supposed support. Uh, I think we all have a, uh, a duty to step up uh, and uh, t- take serious positions uh, to prevent this uh, genocide from taking place. Thank you. I'm speaking with Jonathan Kutab, a human rights lawyer, founder of the Palestinian Human Rights Group Al-Haq, co-founder of Nonviolence International, and currently executive director of Friends of Sabiel North America, author of the book Beyond the Two-State Solution, among other books. Thank you for joining me this morning. It was great to talk with you. Thank you for having me, and, and, and I pray. Uh, there's one thing also I may mention. Uh, at the action that you mentioned at the Holocaust Museum, I was very pleased that there were Jewish people, uh, some of them Holocaust survivors, uh, total supporters of uh, the museum who were there to say this is wrong. Uh, yes. As Jews, we say this is wrong. And for me, this is very important yes. because we have to always be aware uh, that opposition to Israel and its policies is not anti-Semitism. Uh, because anti-Semitism is the wrong thing that we should oppose in all cases.